WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. If they believe that they are not close enough to compete for a championship, a Super Bowl now, then might this be the most likely team to say, you know what? We got to get better. Yeah. We got to get a lot better. And we are going to auction off the number three overall pick. Could they take a quarterback? Yes, absolutely. They could. If they think one of these guys is their quarterback of the future, they're not trading and they're going to take him. And that's that. If they are not 100% sure, if they can get multiple first round picks, then they probably should trade because this is an opportunity, especially when you, you guys talked about the clock, like their clock is only now starting. Yeah, no rush. They've sucked three out of the last four years. Haven't won a playoff game in five years. But no rush. Your clock just started. It's nonsense. For me and Rappaport, that was yesterday at the NFL's Combine. It's hour number two. Jones and Mego, no Arkan, Ryan Garvin. In for Christian today. We're taking your phone calls, 617-779-7937. We'll be joined by Brian Scalabrini about an hour from now at 4 o'clock. We'll talk some Celtics with him. Uh, in the meantime, we're breaking down... The NFLPA's team report card, Patriots somehow did worse than a year ago. It's the second annual. They somehow did worse. I think it's because the Jaguars really did better in this survey than they did a year ago. If you remember, they were the team that had rats all over their facility last year. So a team with rats running everywhere was the only team doing worse than the Patriots last year. And they said, wow, we're the rat-infested team. Let's clean that up. And they jumped past the Patriots, and the Patriots did worse. Yeah. Just released a bunch of little cats with, like, spots all over them. These are the teams you're with. Mego's Commanders. The, the rat-infested Jaguars. These are the teams you're with. But sure, no rush. Why don't you trade back? A- according to Ian Rappaport. I, just, I don't want to hear that, Mego. And I hope that's just him up there spitballing because he's like, oh, crap, Ryan said this off the air yesterday. Oh, crap, you need an opinion out of me? I don't know. I'm just going to say everything. Anything could happen, guys. Like, that's a, now to you, Mike Garofalo. That's, that's not just a 30-second uh, hit where Ian Rappaport knows what he wants to say. It's like, hey, we're up here and we're long form and we have to give opinions, and he's just covering all his bases. Look, I like Ian, too, but that's the unfortunate role you get thrust into when you're a newsbreaker guy. Now you got to be opinion guy. Yeah, I can't just read the text that I got. I have to actually think. And so, yeah, I hope that's just what he was doing there. I hope he was covering all of his bases. I hope to God they're not trading back. It would certainly be a departure from the hand that they've been showing between Gerard Mayo, who seemingly like largely just repeated most of the stuff that Elliot Wolf said yesterday, except for saying, well, and we don't want to be mean about Belichick because that guy did have a lot of success, by the way. But we are going to do things differently. But all the parts that point towards what they're doing with the number three pick I don't know. Like, maybe this is just the media cycle leading up to the draft and as we're going through the combine, and maybe it's just because it's combine week, but doesn't that feel like that was kind of what people were saying a week and a half ago? Like, a week and a half maybe. ago, it was like, oh, yeah, it could I mean, trade look, down. I agree maybe with it you. makes sense to stockpile picks, blah, blah, blah. I agree with you. Everything that they've been doing indicates quarterback. Okay, I agree with you. We just said that yesterday. Elliot Wolf said it, season ticket holders thing, everything you just ticked through. But this is one of the more plugged in insiders saying. Right. They could trade back. And so that's relevant. I hope it's not the case. I would hate it uh, unless they hate all the quarterbacks, which, by the way, sounds like their previous head coach who did terribly in this NFLPA survey, though at least on a letter grade, he did better than Robert Kraft. Yeah, he's just in a class full of smart kids. Sounds like, exactly. 
Sounds like uh, Bill Belichick likes one quarterback in particular in this draft. We'll get to it in a moment, but let's knock out some phone calls. 617-779-7937. Nate's in the truck. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, real quick, real quick on that uh, Ian Rappaport, if you really think about it, like what they do with Mac Jones in his first year, I mean, the, the, the person behind him was, was Cam Newton. So, and then that, they had the free agent market there, too. So this whole thing is going oh, to be a two, three-year thing. If they hit the ground running, and this is where they go with Kraft, if he's willing to spend, okay, because he's getting a new beginning, right, a nice new beginning for himself, yep. if he's here with this hundred, almost $100 million to go and spend on free agents, he has the opportunity to make a splash and actually make some bold moves that they're sitting there proclaiming that, you know, we're the, unleashing the hounds here. Go out, go ahead and free agency, make, make a, a splash, use your picks right, you can actually get this thing up and running because what they have. And when uh, Mac Jones is uh, rookie okay, so year. Th- this is my exact point, and I, I feel that exact same way. And so I thought he was about to make a different point. It said on their record is a big factor in this, but I, I agree with him. It hit on free agency, which, by the way, uh, Michael Pittman is another one that looks like he's off the board. I just uh, backed out of this. Uh, Ryan sent it earlier, but it sounds like he's going to stay in Indy. Great. So the top four receivers sound like they're off the board. And on top of that, Justin Jefferson ain't getting traded. And who was the other one we talked about yesterday? Devontae Adams. Thank you. Devontae's the other one. And so it's like, if you were hoping to get some of these receivers, maybe Steph Diggs, maybe Brandon Ayuk. But it's looking more likely you better find a receiver at the top of round two or the back end of round one. I interest you and Marquez Valdez-Scandling, everybody. I was ready. No. I was ready to say, although I did have some overs on him in the Super Bowl. They didn't hit. Spoiler alert. Um, Listen, when he's on the Patriots and they get to the Super Bowl next year, then you can bet on him again. I was ready to say, and I had all this intel ready, info ready, not intel, ready that uh, the record is not a huge factor here. Like, the commanders stink and the Patriots stink. But, like... I don't know. The Chargers underachieved last year. What was the Chargers record? Oh, they were bad. Five wins. Pittsburgh had an okay record, and they did terribly in this thing. They won 10 games last year and were a playoff team. And, oh, yeah, at 31, the Chiefs. So it's not just about teams doing poor. Oh, we had a bad record, so we're going to grade our owner poorly. I mean, the Chiefs won, <clears throat> won the Super Bowl, and they're 31. So it's not just about record. And it also indicates, like, hey, if we were doing this survey 15 years ago, do you think that the grades would be significantly different because you were winning then and because you had Brady? Because if you look at the Chiefs, their ownership didn't fare well in this either. I wonder. I mean, we've only had two of these, and the Crafts have done horribly in both. So I, I wonder if they did it 10 years ago, I wonder how they'd fare. I have no idea. I don't have an answer for you. But I wonder. Uh, 617-779-7937. Uh, Rick is in Lemonster. Go ahead, Rick. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, quick point. You know, I know a lot of people – you know, in the past, I blame Bill Belichick for, you know, not wanting to spend, you know. So while teams uh, meet with free agents, you know, he's at East Tennessee State looking at some college prospect, right? But, you know, is it fair to say after this report that came out that maybe the crafts were maybe blocking Bill from wanting, from trying to spend? Because- yeah, I think that's fair. And so, look, I if the Crafts spend in free agency, I'll give them credit. I'm, I'm going to want to see more than just a one-year shot in the arm because they did that in 2021 and over a decade still were the lowest spending team in the NFL on average. So one year is not going to suffice. But I, if I had to guess, they're going to go out, they're going to spend. In some ways, they have to spend. You know, you have rolling floors that you have to reach in the NFL from an ownership standpoint. So in some ways, they have to spend. And I think from a PR standpoint, so callers like that say, oh, well, was it Bill? Was Bill cheap? Was Kraft cheap? 
if they spend this year, it's an easy way to say, well, now that Bill's gone, we're spending. And look, it was Bill. And I, I believe they'll do that. But no, I think Kraft was the bigger impediment. And we keep getting texts like this, 37937, Meg. Oh, I'm sure if Bill asked for better training equipment, Kraft would have given it to him. I'm not sure. I don't think that at all. Why are you sure of that? Bill was the one. We played the clip earlier. Bill was bitching about the Taj Mahal of of, uh, of facilities in Vegas, which was a way of bitching about his facilities here. I, ju- I want to know when somebody says, I'm sure, why they're sure of that. Because people tell them over and over again, the Crafts are great owners. Well, I don't the cra- think that, I don't the think crafts the will are, tell you they're great owners. Overall, bad owners. Well, they're well. There this, are this really NFL bad P- owners. This NFLPA survey would tell you they're bad yeah, owners. Over Megan. the last two years, their players have been very disgruntled okay. with the facilities. Two out of sure. two. Two out of two. There's only been two of them. In both of them, they've done horribly. So, I, I don't. I don't know what leads you to believe they're good owners. They won a bunch of Super Bowls, but they employed Tom. I've made this analogy a million times. I don't think the Hunts are good owners. I don't think. Um, Jerry Reinsdorf is a good owner. He won a bunch of championships with Niners Michael Jordan. seem to be good owners. I'll they, say that. They might be. <laughs> they, they do pretty well year to year. So, you know, look, I, where did they finish in this? Were they top five? Did they do well in this? The Niners were not top five. It went Dolphins, Vikings, Packers, Eagles, Jaguars, if you care. the Jaguars. Yeah, maybe this is the Packer way now. The Jaguars went from rat infested to top five. So, I don't know. It probably doesn't take much to spend your way back into the top five. It wouldn't take much. Will Kraft do it? Meanwhile. Niners were sixth, by the way. Thank you. Meanwhile, who who is Bridget Condon? Who is this? She's an NFL media reporter. Okay. She was part of the Combine coverage today in Indianapolis, sitting there with opinion listening and Rappaport. And here's what she had to say about Bill Belichick and his affinity for one quarterback in this draft. I can tell you, based on conversations that I've had with people around the organization, Bill Belichick loved Jaden Daniels. He was a guy on the top of their draft board, okay? He was going to do everything in his power to try and get that guy. Does Gerard Mayo stick with that and say, okay, we're going to figure out how we get this quarterback in here? Or is he going to say, you know what? I'm now the new man in charge. I'm going to do things my way. Okay. Does that smell right to you? No, I, don't, I know nothing about her reporting. Nothing. So, like, I don't mean to crap all over her report. But does that smell right to you? Bill Belichick loves Jaden Daniels? Bill Belichick likes a thin fella. Okay, he's had a couple of them. Is Bill Belichick all of a sudden on team feet? That does not sound like the type well, of quarterback he, was, he brings he in. He was very pro team feet when he brought in Cam. There go. He and then he up, stayed there. He scooped up Cam off the scrap heap I know. In, in but maybe f- on the 4th of July or whatever my point, it was. Though, maybe he thought that he was going to do that with Jaden Daniels. Because when's the last time that they that they talked about this? Like if she has this reporting, she's talking to people who are saying Bill had them at the top of this. That was like months ago when he thought that Jaden Daniels was going to be somewhere at the bottom of the first round and he could trade back. Maybe. That's a good point. Right. Like, maybe Bill just liked Jaden Daniels as, like, the number five quarterback in the class. He's Although like, she said, ooh, we can get two, three-rounders, and then we can go lower down and get But she said Jayden they had Daniels. him at the top of their draft board. Now, does that mean the literal top, like, number one, or, like, towards the top, like, top five? I have no idea, based on what I just well, heard. Well, the there. top of the draft board is always moving back, and then Jaden Daniels. Fine. But I, that, number one, that report doesn't sound right to me. Bill loves Jaden Daniels. What? When has he ever, A, loved a quarterback, and B, loved a mobile quarterback? So that does not sound right to me at all. But let's take it at face value. Why is that out there? I have a theory. Okay. Bill knows that Daniels is going too, and the Patriots won't get him. And so Bill already is, you know, oh, Bill loves Jaden Daniels. The Patriots draft Drake May at number three or whatever the hell they do. I don't know what they're going to do. But Bill knows. Bill's plugged in. 
Bill gets people hired throughout the league, for God's sake. So, and Bill would have good insight, I think, into what Washington is doing. Fair. So, like, maybe Bill's just getting in front of it. He knows. He knows the Bears are locked in on Caleb Williams. He knows the Commanders are locked in on Jaden Daniels. And so he's saying, yeah, Patriots, good luck with Drake May. Like, maybe that's his way of getting that out there. Although, if Jaden Daniels sucks... We now have a report that it's another quarterback that Bill fell in love with and another strike against Bill. But I bet if we're taking the report at face value, and I question it, that's what Bill's doing. Here's he knows the, the Patriots won't get him, so all of a sudden he loves him. That's here's what he's the doing. other possibility, is that someone asked Bill, hey, if you look at the top three quarterbacks, who do you like? And he goes, well, Caleb Williams is going to go to the Bears, so he's out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to Drake May and Jaden Daniels, and I hate Josh Allen. This is me talking as Bill. I don't think Josh Allen is good. Drake May, best case scenario, turns out like Josh Allen. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Jaden Daniels. <laughs> and then it's, Bill loves Jaden Daniels. Third possibility uh-huh. is that Bill knows that the Patriots uh, are going to miss out on Jaden Daniels, and he knows that they can't trade up to go get him. He's like, oh, you guys have been kicking me around ever since I got, uh, we amicably parted ways. Okay, well, I'm going to make you guys look really bad and say that no, this, th- this guy is moving up, and, and you can't get him when you should have been attached to him all along. This is what I think. I think Bill in some way is planting his flag on a prospect he knows the Patriots can't get. That's what I think he's doing. I kind of like it. If we believe it. It's sneaky, devious on Bill's part, if that's the case, and I kind of like it. Bill all of a sudden loves quarterbacks and loves mobile quarterbacks. He's been on team cement shoes for his whole career. Now he's team feet all of a sudden. Yeah, think of all the quarterbacks they've had here. And, you know, put Brady off to the side for a moment. You know, uh, Matt Castle had some mobility. You know, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, Mac Jones, Jaden Daniels. Something doesn't add up there. Uh, 617-779-793. Zappy because he runs like lightning. That's right. That's another one. I just one. realized what it is. Oh, my God. I'm so stupid. What? Oh, my God. What? He went to Gonzaga. What? Bill Who? knows every single prep school oh, so in D- the D.C. It's area. It's a D.C. thing? It is a D.C. football thing. I swear to God. That okay. is, that's definitely what it is. Okay. He's a Maryland kid. Does he ever that's draft? That's why he loves Does he him. ever draft Maryland kids while he's been here? Jones. Bill can rattle off like. Okay, but does every, he draft? Yes, them? one of uh, what's his name? Not Casey Anthony Jackson. Jennings. I think it's uh. Hold on, I'll bring it up. Why don't you do some research there? Garvin's going to get us up to speed in trending, and we're right back with uh, well, one analyst who, unlike Bill Belichick, loving Jaden Daniels, hates Drake May. Wouldn't take him in the first round. Let's get to that right after trending. Ken is so emotional. He's like Mama Bear. You're Mama Bear for this team. I like Jones and the Mama Bears. It's Jones and the Mama Bears. Jones and the Mama Bears here on WEEI. We got some like calls. Six one seven on WEEI. He is completely erratic when it comes to yes. throwing the football. I mean, it, it's a big concern. I mean, can you button those things up? Can you get a little better? Here's what my ultimate belief is from playing in this league, coaching, um, studying this league for nearly forty years. You just don't correct that. It actually is magnified when you get to the National Football League. That is when you become more erratic. And it's on all throws. It's short, intermediate, long. Now, he'll do enough to dazzle you. And here's where I always felt the problem is, is that you say, oh, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to make him smarter. I'll make him more accurate. And that's where people get fired when you <laughs> do that. And I just, I, there's, there's, there's just too much there that would, um, I wouldn't give him a first-round grade. I wouldn't take him in the first round. And if I did, then I would be very concerned of, you know, how long I'm going to be around as a coach or a GM.
was Merrill Hodge on with Colin Cowherd uh, in the last couple of days. Wouldn't have a first-round grade on Drake May. Ouch. Maybe you heard the accent, Mega. Maybe Yo, that's what it is. Maybe you that's what? what it is. That's a very shallow thing to judge a quarterback on. I just, man, I think a lot of people are afraid of losing their jobs. We'll play you something from uh, Brandon Bean uh, discussing trading up for Josh Allen a few years ago. Like, I, I wish the Patriots had that kind of attitude where they're not afraid, but too many people are afraid to get fired. It doesn't mean if you hate Drake May, you shouldn't, uh, you should just take him and be locked in on him. If you don't like him and he's there at three, you don't have to take him. But if you like him, don't be afraid of getting fired and losing your job because if you go five and 12 or whatever this year, and you're four and thirteen the next year. You're getting fired no matter who your quarterback is. Uh, Mego, you wanted to update something though on the Jaden Daniels discussion we were having earlier. I know people are very locked in on DMV high school prep football, so I need I stand corrected. Caleb Williams went to Gonzaga High School in Washington D.C. Jaden Daniels is a California native. Yeah. It's just hard keeping track of where all these guys come from. Sure. I, look. So the Jaden Daniels love from Bill Belichick, that mystery continues. Yeah, he's from California. So Bill probably Bill probably hates him. Like, I don't I don't put a lot of stock in this report. But if you want to and you choose to. I'm going to call him Sunshine. Bill supposedly <clears throat> loves Jaden Daniels. He has him at the top of his draft board. Okay? What does that mean? Does that mean the actual top number one or towards the top? I don't oh, know. Do you think Bill's making an imaginary draft board right now? Like, do you think he's still yes. working out his own draft yes. board? Yes. Didn't what Lombardi he would say do? that? Didn't we play a clip That's... from Lombardi where Lombardi's like, "Yeah, hey, he's gonna do everything just like normal." Just you know. Does he mean on draft night? Yeah, he's gonna still scout play. Lombardi said this. We I played understand, the clip. like crunching tape and trying to be up on the young players well, coming you, through. But Bill it, will act as if he's still working. I mean, Bill will study the draft. He's already studied the draft. Is he gonna he assign percentage points and everything? Why, That's sad. Why that else makes would you, me, That bums me out. Why would you study the draft if you weren't gonna oh, stack sad. a draft board? You're just gonna like look at everybody and not put them in order and like prioritize. Like what? Honestly, what else is he doing? Sitting there Getting in his underwear strange. and a helmet and going, "What do you he's, think, Ernie Adams?" And it's like, just I, like I a, hope that he's in the Bahamas getting strange. That's what I want for Bill Belichick. Maybe, maybe you know, Nantucket, wherever. You know, Strapped or a fake mustache and glasses to a broom <laughs> handle. You'd never leave me, Ernie. I don't want to think about him. Just you ha- brought it up doing a mock draft. You know, sad. I guarantee that's what he's doing. What else is he doing? And so, to me, I don't. Number one, I don't buy the report, but let's play it out. Bill loves Jaden Daniels. That doesn't sound right to me. He doesn't. He hates all quarterbacks. He especially hates mobile quarterbacks. So I don't get how he likes this one. But what's he? Why is this out there? So my guess is Bill knows the Patriots won't get him, and so the guy Bill he knows he's not going to get attached to the guy the Patriots are drafting because that's so that's like such short term payoff though because then if Jaden Daniels gets hurt in week three, heaven forbid, or just sucks. We probably all Then everybody will go, well, that's the guy who Bill wanted. Bill's playing the game, and there's plausible deniability. Who the hell's Bridget Condon anyway? <laughs> so it's like it's a random reporter. We'll probably all forget about Did it anyways. Did he give this to Rap Sheet first? And Rap Sheet was like, why don't you give that to Bridget? Uh, maybe. I was trying to do some. I'm like, who is, is she related to Tom Condon? Best I can tell she's not, but I don't, I don't know. know. I'm trying to dig that up. But so I don't know enough about her reporting. But I, I bet Bill is saying, well, I like this guy because we're not talking about pick 25. We're talking about pick three. And I bet most people in the league know how the draft is going to unfold for the top three. I think most people understand that. And so unless there's a trade, you know by now, the Bears are locked in on Caleb Williams. 
the commanders may be locked in on Jaden Daniels. Maybe that's the intel Bill's getting. So the guy I like is Jaden Daniels. And you guys have fun with Drake May, who, oh, by the way, Merrill Hodge says wouldn't get a first-round grade. And let me tell you, Merrill Hodge has knocked it out of the park on some draft prospects. He also had Jacob Eason, uh, number two on his draft board, in a year where there were some good quarterbacks. So I'm not telling you he's 1,000%, but he's he's had some good draft analysis in the past. He says he wouldn't put a first-round grade on Drake May. As somebody who wants Drake May, number one, would take him over the other quarterbacks, it gives me pause to hear an analyst say, regardless of what you think of Merrill Hodge, not say, oh, I wouldn't take him at one, I wouldn't take him at two, I wouldn't take him at three. I would not put a first-round grade on him. That's a little scary. It's very strong is what it is. That language that you're like, he doesn't deserve to be up there. It's not like, yeah, he's clearly not an overall first, uh, uh, overall number one. And he's really more like down towards the first round. For how many quarterbacks are out there that you're basically saying he's in a tier that he doesn't belong in? Because that's what he's in. Like, if the combine illustrates anything to you, it's who's throwing and who's not throwing this week. Okay, so Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels are not throwing at the combine because they know they have nothing to gain from it. These other guys in the next tier, like, they're just trying to knock out each other to get in a better position and show something off. And so he's basically saying that Drake May should be down with those guys, that Drake May should be thrown at the combine and trying to, like, improve himself. Yeah. So, look, I, I don't I don't love that analysis, and I don't love hearing it. It doesn't change my outlook. Like, this is how I feel about him. This is who I would want. But I don't like hearing he shouldn't have a first-round grade from anyone. Uh, so it gives me a little pause. You can jump in. 617-779-7937. I mentioned uh, Brandon Bean at the combine. I just like this clip, Mego. For everybody who's afraid of drafting a quarterback, people are afraid. I, I saw uh, Keith and Hart were talking about this last night. Like, it's okay to like quarterbacks. Like, you don't have to be shamed into liking a quarterback. Like, oh, you think these quarterbacks are good? Wow, you think a quarterback is more important than other players on the roster? Duh. Obviously. Get that right. Everything about your organization changes. You can go from being a laughing stock and a joke and cheap to winning six Super Bowls and going to nine of them. Okay. So it changes everything if and you then, get the right and quarterback. And then you don't even have to upgrade the weight room because nobody cares because then you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you're 31st, but it doesn't Bingo. matter. Bingo. I mean, the Chiefs could win diddly squat. Uh, what did they win? Super Bowl four or five? They won an early Super Bowl under the Hunt family's ownership. But in general, they don't win anything. They didn't win playoff games for a long time until they got Patrick Mahomes. Now they still suck. They're 31st in this NFLPA survey, but they have their quarterback, so they're winning. So don't be shamed into liking a quarterback. It's fine to like a quarterback. You like a shiny object, and maybe that makes you a bit of a simpleton, like me, but whatever. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So here's what Brandon Bean had to say about trading up for Josh Allen, and I think this is this should echo in the back of your minds when you're afraid. For the group out there that's afraid of taking a quarterback, listen to this. I mean, we got criticized a little bit for how much we gave up for Josh, and I'm like, well, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway, and if he does work out, nobody's going to give a shit. That's how I feel. It's like, <laughs> that's badass Elliot Wolf, badass Brandon Bean. God, he's so cool. So, look, no one's going to care if you overdraft these guys. This has been my point the whole time. If you love Caleb Williams and the Bears are really shopping the number one pick, I don't believe that. But there's been reporting out there that the Bears would listen and the Bears like Justin Fields and blah, blah, blah. If you love Caleb Williams, I don't think you can overpay. Like, I don't think it's possible to overpay. No one gives two craps what the Bills gave up for Josh Allen five, six years ago, whatever it was. No one cares. They look at it and go, they found their quarterback. 
and everything else people forget about. And if you whiff, you're probably out of a job. But if you have conviction about a player, go get them. And don't be afraid about the downside. Have have a belief in what you do and what you see. Go get that quarterback. And if you get them, nobody's going to care that you reached, quote-unquote, for Jaden Daniels or Drake May or that you traded up for Caleb Williams or whatever. If you have a stud quarterback, none of it matters. Nothing else matters. I agree largely, but when you bring up conviction about the quarterback and you're talking about how much you would have to give up to go get a Caleb Williams, if that's multiple first-round picks this year's uh, or next year's and you're 34 and who knows what else, like give up serious draft capital around that, then how much conviction do you have that this is a guy who's going to be able to flourish or at least survive and develop in a program where he really doesn't have that much support around it. And I say that because that, I don't know. Josh Allen turned John Brown into know, a thousand yard receiver. So no, I, know. I know, but I'm, I'm saying like, that's kind of my reservation with Caleb Williams because of just all the stuff that comes out and then gets retracted and walked back. And maybe the level of people talking in his ear around him about what he should do or where he should go or what kind of situation and should he own the team? Like if you are reaching for someone like that and then I'm not saying that you can destroy a quarterback, but you put them in a situation where they don't feel like they have the support that they deserve. And then they kind of crumble under that. Then you just, you reached with conviction, but maybe it was just because you thought it was this incredible talent. And that's a situation where you do need to have the balance of someone around it. I don't think it matters. You have the quarterback. I don't think it matters. Uh, Doug Kide says they're meeting with. So you don't have any reservations about Caleb Williams. No, no. Like the people ar- around no, no. him I do. or I, the ideas about owning a team. Look, I wouldn't own him first. About crying after I wouldn't, the game. I wouldn't draft him first, so of course I have reservations. I'm saying if they love him, you can't overpay. That's all I'm saying. If you have a franchise quarterback, it's impossible to overpay. I'd give up 10 first-round picks for a franchise quarterback. But so taking you can't out overpay. they love him, you're in the situation. And you're Drake giving up. Your, yeah. I, I would think that Drake may may have, I don't know. Like, may be able to be a little bit tougher in that situation. Maybe it's just because we haven't seen the video of him crying in mommy's arms. Yeah, maybe. Because I, 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 I don't think I don't think video of it exists because no one cries like that. I, I, I don't know that in my I don't know if I was too crying in my mom's arms like that. So video video of that does not exist of Drake May because it didn't happen or Jaden Daniels or most quarterbacks and and really adults. Most adults don't act like that. <laughs> Male, female quarterbacks like most people don't act like that uh the Patriots are going to meet with Caleb Williams tonight by the way according to Doug Kai to the Boston Herald they've already met with Drake May who Merrill Hodge says he wouldn't take in the first round Jaden Daniels who Bill Belichick apparently loves J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix uh those are the quarterbacks they've already met with real quick before we get back to our big question of the day uh Jones you have no idea what you're talking about Belichick loves Lamar Jackson we agree with that do we agree that Belichick loves Jamar, Lamar Jackson? It was Robert Kraft bragging about knowing people who were connected to Lamar Jackson last year. Go get Lamar Jackson. He wants I'm to be sure a Patriot. He, I'm sure Belichick thinks Lamar Jackson is an absolute beast. Yeah. Because he is. I, yeah, but not in the draft. They passed on him twice. Right. That was, if I'm not I'm mistaken, sure today, that was Isaiah Wynn and Sonny Michelle. I'm sure Michelle. today he thinks he is. I'm like, not even sure about that. Bill said when asked about Lamar's contract, he said something to the effect of it's like. The type I, of player that's a, you know MVP type of candidate. But it will see what his contract is. That'll answer him. Yeah, he also yeah, tells you, you Zach. Lamar. He also tells you Zach Wilson can make all the throws. So like, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is Bill's actions. The owner last year said we should go after Lamar Jackson, and Bill stuck with Mac. Bill passed on Lamar Jackson twice in the draft. 
Isaiah Wynn and Sony Michelle. Like, I have no idea if he likes yeah, Lauren I Jackson. mean, I could I could see it as a scenario where he's like, that would be a make good. But look, nobody knows that Jaden Daniels is going to be Lamar Jackson. No. So. And like, again, it, Bill liked him. So I think it was McDaniels that liked Lamar Jackson. I don't think it was Bill. I think McDaniels liked him. And Bill told McDaniels to go screw. We're taking Isaiah Wynn. So that's what I think. Uh, 617-779-7937. Uh, it's uh, an incorrect take from the text line. Uh, our big question of the day up now at Jones and Mego. The Patriots finished 29th out of 32. In the second annual NFL PA team report card, what's the larger takeaway? Ownership is cheap or the players are babies? Mego, again, your answer was? I would lean towards ownership is cheap. Lean? Yeah. I mean, that's my answer. Okay. But it's, is it Well, I think probably both, both things are a little bit true. Like, can we say that? I'm, I'm not sitting here saying, like, NFL players aren't maybe expecting a lot, and maybe you think that makes them babies. But I think the bigger issue and the thing that you can actually change is ownership and what they're spending. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's not a lean for me. Uh, ownership is cheap. And they've done horribly in this survey two years in a row, 29th out of 32. And they do a terrible job taking care of players' families. They do a terrible, like, Robert Kraft can brag all he wants in Dynasty. In one of these recent episodes, he talked about how we're family here and we look out for each other. And it was when he talked about bringing in Randy Moss. He went on and on and on about family. Are you taking care of your players' families? They don't think you are. And so maybe that makes the players babies. But I, I actually don't think, like, I understand when people look at it and they go, like, oh, they think the weight room's not good enough. Like, mm-hmm. that's bratty. Okay, well, first of all, that directly contributes to the fitness of your team. So I don't know why you wouldn't just make that state of the art when you're looking at what other teams are doing. But the family support thing, that is a really, a second year in a row that it's a really, really bad look for the crafts. I mean, the weight room was bad last year, too. So, I mean, it's like the whole thing's been bad. But the family thing is such an important, like, you would think it would be important to the crafts to point at and go, we take care not just of you, but of your wives, your kids, your like many you know, things, everything. like many things, and they don't, for some reason, they don't get the same flack. And like, I know they won six Super Bowls, but again, John Henry won four. And like, we criticize Red Sox ownership all the time. And Red Sox ownership gets plenty of criticism. We can debate whether or not they get enough. I think they deserve it. It's why we criticize them. We just ripped Sam Kennedy last hour. And he's, again, on the attack on behalf of Red Sox ownership because John Henry is petrified to talk. So we rip Red Sox ownership plenty. But the crafts say one thing and do another. We're family? No, you're not. You don't care about your players' families. You're one of four four teams. And this is based on your actions. You can say whatever you want. You don't care about your players' families. You're one of four teams in the league that does not offer a family room or daycare. One of four. That's it. That means 28 do. So, look, I if you think players are babies, that's fine. But let's treat all players across the sport. They're all giant babies. Fine, you're right. They're entitled athletes. They're all giant, whiny babies. But on that scale... The Patriots still treat their baby players like crap compared to other organizations around the league. And there are winning teams that do it. The Chiefs, we said this a bunch, uh, along with other crap-ass organizations like Washington. <laughs> We've gone from no, offense, you are. from no offense to crap-ass I mean, that's what in are. about an hour. You're like, no offense, Mago. You gave me this the full crap-ass team. You gave no, me the full they're go. terrible. They've been terrible, and that's the company that you keep. So, again, here's how they rated. And this was with uh, uh, over 1,700 players league-wide in the NFLPA report. Is that a card. lot of players? It's, it feels like a lot of it players. It feels like a good amount, although what percentage of the league is that? I have no idea. Uh, From August 26th to November 16th of 2023, they held this. Answers were anonymous. Players were evaluated for their current workplace. Here's the report on the Pats, 29 out of 32. That's a year after they were 24 out of 32. They've dropped. The Patriots finished the year ranked 29th in team surveys. 
The results point to club management that has not been keeping up with changing times. As in most categories, the players' responses highlighted outdated facilities and stale services. The number one issue for the players is the weight room. It ranks last in quality of equipment as well as its size. The Patriots are the only team in the NFL with a majority of players feeling their team's facility is worse than places they could train off-site, which again means they could go to your gym in Southie there, Mego. They could go to the Y. They can show up wherever and do just as well. Are there any specific complaints about, like, people walking around in the bathroom and the locker room naked and, like, using the, you know, the blow dryer on the wall to air so. out? In the training room, respondents feel the treatment options are not cutting edge and they lack both equipment and staffing that are offered elsewhere as standard. The players feel the facility has needed significant renovations for a while now, which explains the low grade for club owner Robert Kraft on the question about players having confidence he will invest in their facilities. That, to me, is the big takeaway. They don't have confidence in Robert Kraft. And, oh, by the way, free agency, I keep saying we're on the eve of free agency. It's not literally tomorrow. We're two weeks away or whatever it is. You're going to have to sell players on that. Sell players on the belief in Robert Kraft or... You're going to have to way overpay, like way outspend, which I'm fine with. But based on how they treat their players and based on their facilities and their weight room and everything else, everything, do you believe all of a sudden they're going to do it? Maybe. I'm not holding my breath. Uh, you guys can vote. 617-779-7937. Our big question of the day again. Up now at Jones and Mego. What's your larger takeaway? Ownership is cheap or the players are babies? You can vote there. Meantime, we'll get to the Celtics as well. They won last night in a blowout over a banged-up Philadelphia 76ers team. I think we learned something about the Celtics last night. Let's get to it next. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I is a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now more of Jones and Mego on W-E-E-I. I think what sometimes gets lost in the shuffle is when you look at and him and Jalen are like 25 and 26. Or they're going to turn 26, or Jalen may have turned 27. But they're, what they've done in their first few years before hitting their prime is rare air, right? And I think that that's something, because of how far they've been, there's going to be more scrutiny, there's going to be more eyes, and all the stuff that comes with that, and that's just part of it. So um, if, if he's held to a different standard, it's because he set the bar for it. You know, it's not because, you know, people are looking at him as anything more than a guy that, you know, they've watched be awesome for a long time. And, you know, um, and he's done an amazing job. And But his he'd be the first to tell you. And, you know, I don't pay attention to everything he says in the media, but I'm guessing that he would be the first to tell you that for him it's about winning in June. Celtics president Brad Stevens on earlier today with Gresham Fourier at a great event in Quincy, uh, Saving by Shaving, 11th annual, where uh, individuals like Brad Stevens, Joe Mazzula, uh, Joe Andruzzi, Matt Light, among others, got their heads shaved today uh, to raise money for Boston Children's Hospital. Uh, so that was Brad Stevens from there this morning. And I'll tell you, the answer, you just said this, Mego, and I agree. It's like there are these real talking points now on Tatum, and they jump out when you listen to Brad. It feels like everybody's kind of, I don't know if everyone's just listening to the same interviews and deciding that they like that angle, or if it's something that they're actually hammering out together. Because the, well, Tatum's getting punished, and let's throw Jalen in there as well, for how successful they were, how ahead of schedule they were early in their careers 
And that's why, you know, they're not seen as fairly for their accomplishments so far. Yeah, I mean, look, he's behind Tim Duncan's schedule, and he's behind Kobe Bryant's schedule, and he's behind Bird and Magic and all these guys who had won by now, so he ain't that far behind schedule. So I don't buy it. And look, I don't think Tatum should be penalized when we're talking MVP vote. I don't think he should be penalized for sacrificing. So I, I give Tatum a lot of credit for oh, that. Oh, no, he's, he might get the Lammy. So the what? The Lammy. I'm buying it. I'm going to buy an award. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a golden lamb, and we can oh, give right. that to right. the Celtic that is sacrificing the most okay, each but year. I have, and it's starting to get awfully loud with the MVP talk around the Celtics, so like now I'm starting to say, well, are that they That increases actually... the chances of the lamby. Okay, but like, I give you a lot more credit for just sacrificing and not constantly talking about how much you're sacrificing. And it's well, there's nothing to get... else to talk about right now. Okay, but, but I'm saying they're talking, not us, them, they're talking about it. But I've been saying for a few years now, like, the beauty of the 2008 Celtics is they were all ready to sacrifice. They were all at a point in their career where they were ready to sacrifice. There were five Lammies. Yes. And so Garnett and Pierce and Ray Allen, they were all ready to sacrifice. <laughs> Tatum is now doing that. And let's see. Let's see if in the playoffs he'll do it. And let's see if when push comes to shove and the MVP vote's really on the line, if he starts to ratchet it up. But I give him a lot of credit for sacrificing to win. A lot of credit. That's what Garnett did. And everybody followed Garnett. And this is why no one else on this team can be the leader. Tatum's the leader. And this is why. If he sacrifices, everybody will follow. If he's selfish, everybody will follow. And this is why I felt all along. This is this is the guy who needs to lead. For better or worse, he needs to lead. And his leadership style is annoying to me. I'd like a more vocal, fiery leader. But they're going to follow him no matter what. And so, to me, this is the best way he can lead. Lead by example, take a bit of a backseat, sacrifice, don't chase 30 points every single night. And unfortunately, people are really gassing him up now about how much he's sacrificing, which just makes me a little suspect. Everybody who talks about, oh, I'm sacrificing so much, well, how much are you sacrificing when you're really talking about it? Like, let, let everybody see it. Let everybody see it for themselves. You don't need to tell us you're sacrificing. Yeah, it's like I remember I worked at this restaurant and there was this girl who was a hostess with me. And one time she told me, I'm a really humble person. <laughs> and I was like, that's a, you got to let somebody else say that right. for you. Exactly. You can't just say that. Right. That's insane. Yeah. But with, I'm so humble. But with Tatum, this is actually, to me, the perfect setup for him. Because I think what you're dancing around is there's a certain amount of Tatum that naturally likes to defer. Like, he likes to defer a little bit. And the way that it seems to be set up with him and Jalen, in particular this year, is that Jalen will be aggressive from tip-off. We saw it last night against the Sixers. He will be physical. He'll be aggressive. He'll, last night was perfect for him. He gets to be in the paint because they're playing all wide out on defense. And then they basically just get to attack inside and go for twos because the threes weren't falling. And that was perfect for Jalen. And, and we'll get to that in a second. But for Tatum, like, it's ideal for him because then he can just have 14 points at the start and go off in the fourth quarter, which I think is really his preferred game. Yeah, so look, I, I do think he's deferential for sure. And while you talk about the threes last night and the way that Jalen Brown was being defended by Philly, I think a lot of people have locked in on the Celtics only making five. I lock in on they only attempted 22. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're going to, we are going to rack up shots, good shots. And you'll hear Missoula coming up uh, before we talk to Scal at four o'clock. Like, he claims that they never care about three point shots. That's garbage. He called it the most important statistic in the NBA last year. So. I would be happy if there's an actual transition to emphasizing quality shots and 
it's not just about launching threes and racking up uh, three-point attempts, and that will factor out over 82 games. If you take this many more three-point shots than your opponent, you're bound to have this record. You plug it into some, uh, you know, uh, computer. Uh, yeah, math problem or whatever. Excel formula. Formula is the word We've I'm looking for. We've got a for. pivot table going. And so I'm happy last night. But let's let's say what that was. That's one night. It's a banged up Philadelphia 76ers team without Joel Embiid. So I don't, I don't want to overreact to it, but I am noticing it. And if they keep doing that, I'll give them a lot of credit because it's not just about launching threes every night, and it shouldn't be about that. Some nights it's not falling. So can you beat teams other way, uh, other ways rather? That's a start. It's That's also start. it's also what they were giving you, and uh, okay, but like you know, he take Ma- that Maxie, stuff away and they just launch against right. the Heat. And Maxi could only really do it for like three quarters. Like I, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. They were giving you the paint, so you went in and you were taking what they were giving you, and then Maxi kind of run out of steam and you took advantage and you should have beaten that team. And it, thank God Tatum was able to jump up to what he wants to do in the fourth quarter. I'm like you, like I'm not looking at it going, congratulations, you can win uh, multiple ways, if that's what you're saying. Like, well, oh, I'm congratulations, you can, can you can attack from like five different points. I don't... That I stuff don't, gets me excited. I don't know that, that that last night proved that. No, me either. It doesn't prove it. It but proved you could do it against that banged up team. I just said that. But so I fi- but I file it away. I go, oh, great. You Now you've done it. Keep doing that. If you just do it one night against a banged up Sixers team, then that's just a random outlier. But if they start doing that consistently, they start beating teams that way, that's great. Because against Miami, Miami will take away threes as well, and they'll dare you to take okay, other shots, like, and the Celtics w- won't do it. When you go against OKC in April, and it, if it, they give you that, like, are you going to be able to hang with it? Are you going to be able to create other points of attack no. that aren't just going in the paint then? My answer would be, I hope so, but my guess is, based on the past, they just keep launching threes like idiots and keep missing them. Uh, Joe is in Randolph. Go ahead, Joe. Yes, hi, everybody. Let me get you off the speaker. Please. I think I got a pretty good solution for the Patriots and all of the uh, situations there. I think they need to hire one daycare director (laughs) and then 53 nannies to take care of the players and their families. So, Joe, you blame the players more than Kraft? Well, you know, you got to. It's a yes or no question, Joe. It's a yes or no question. It's not a yes or no. It's yes, it is. Who do you it's who do you pie. who do you blame more? Who gets a bigger piece of the pie? I I guess you got to give a little bigger piece to the to the to crap, uh, Robert crap. But you know the nice. players they need to suck it up a little bit too. Okay, fine. Ultimate- okay, but they're probably not going to. So what do you do okay. then? Ultimately, we we probably agree. Are Patriots the players- ranked dead last in blame pie portions at the cafeteria. Right. Too. Are like are the players a bit babyish these days? Yeah, probably. But like you know, I hear Gresham before we were talking about this earlier. It's like, oh, what do they need for a weight room? What do they need for a flight? They have their own planes, and it's like, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Fourier is the guy who complained that he didn't get to wear the specific, like, colored cleats that he wanted to wear and went directly to ownership. Thank you. And so, like, his best friend, Dan Snyder. That is rich. It might be news to some ex-players that players are babies. It's not news to me that players are babies. I got it. But even, even in the, you know, the giant daycare that is the NFL with all these players, the Patriots treat uh, the children at their daycare much worse. In fact, they don't even take care of them based on this survey. Uh, 617-779-7937. You continue to vote in our big question of the day up now at Jones and Mega. We'll continue our Celtics conversation with Brian Scalabrini. He makes his weekly appearance next.